The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Um, if we could take uh, just a quick second, uh, can someone turn on the house lights for a second all the way? You can turn them back down after that, uh, but just for a second, turn them on, and I would like to have Damon and Catracy stand up, who they don't know I'm doing that, and she's looking at me like, oh, you didn't, but I did. I would like these guys to stand up. They are planting a church, and um, which is just amazing, and uh, about an hour south of here, and if you guys get a chance to love on them afterwards, learn about their church, uh, they have been planning this, working on this, and developing towards this for, for a while now, and they're getting ready to launch. They're doing small groups now, and they're getting ready to launch towards Easter time, but can we extend our hands to them and pray for them, uh, just as they get ready to uh, plant this thing, that God will be with them. Uh, planting the church is um, wonderful, chaotic exciting, stressful, and just wild, but yet amazing. And so we want God to be with them in the whole journey. So Father, we just pray right now for Demonica Tracy, God, that as they get ready to plant their church, Lord, that you will be with them, give them favor, bring the people to them, Lord, that you want on their team. Father, the people that have the like heart and the like mind, Lord, like in spirit, Father, committed and passionate, Lord, to serve others, to love God, love people, Lord, and live like they mean it in the area that they live and the area that they're called to minister to. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, thanks for putting you on the spot. <laughs> they said, we're going to come visit. I'm like, good, I hope they do. So, all right, you can do whatever you want with the lights. I don't care if they're on or off, but uh, it's exciting, man. I know they left uh, a good uh, kind of a nice, prestigious position at another church to go plant. And it's a whole thing, man, walking away from stuff and saying, I'm going to go serve. I'm going to go uh, just do what God's called me to do and starting over, taking the risk. You know, we're here celebrating today. And I just want to say, you know, thank you uh, for being here, for being a part of the church, uh, for being willing to do life with us, uh, to be willing to do life with each other, um, for making our... Um, mission statement, our motto, more than just a statement, but a reality, to love God, love people, and live like we mean it. There's a lot of people that put that kind of stuff up on boards, and it doesn't really mean a lot. Um, we just live it, and that's not because we just live it. It's because we live it together, and God's doing an incredible uh, thing in people's lives, and so uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for loving God well, for loving each other well. Um, yeah, you guys can clap for that. Um, that's, you know, what's an anniversary I've really thought about, and I'm going to save it more towards January, I guess that's more of a New Year's time, but I really thought about this is going to be, I'm going to give vision for the future and all these things, but that's not what I'm doing, so I'm going to do something different a little bit. Is I thought about it, I've been praying on it and stuff, because there's so many things you could talk about, and I just felt like the more I prayed about it and talked about it, it's like, what do you do on an anniversary? If I took you out and said, hey, it's our anniversary date, I took you out and sat down and I pulled out a thing and said, hey, here's all the things we're going to do for the next five years or 10 years, um, a lot of you would be like, hey, what kind of anniversary is this? <laughs> right? Anniversary is a celebration. It's a celebration not of what's going to be, but of what is, right? Of what has been, of what God's doing in our lives. And so uh, 
you know, this is an invitation today for everyone to join the journey and for us to invite more people. I want to start here at this photo that says, in the beginning. Uh, this is our church, um, how we started. So we started there. The people in this photo, they literally sold everything and left everything to move cross country. None of us knew anybody in Texas area. Just because God, we feel like God called and said, I want to build a house there. Like, I want to do something there. And they literally walked away from jobs and positions and family and friends and money and careers. And they said, you know, we're going to come. And we're gathered around this living room. And in this photo, almost nobody in here even has a job. <laughs> we're just like sitting around going, we're about to do something. Yeah, we're about to go broke. We're trying to look, walk around the house and see if there's enough room for all of us to live. And some of us all did live in there for a little while together. <laughs> and just trying to figure out what are we going to do. And just, well, I don't know, God called us. We're just going to jump in and see what God wants to do. Um, and so you can see some of the people. Uh, if you look up in the top right corner, right up there, um, you can see the white Converse, white and black Converse shoes. Uh, that's Matt. He hasn't had a new pair of shoes his whole life. <laughs> he always wears Converse and that. You can see over here on the left, you can see uh, there's Donnie right there. I think he still owns the same shirt. We're pretty simple people, I guess. Um, Maybe even the same flip-flops. Those are white flip-flops. Uh, we got those. Bro- <laughs> we got Kyle right there uh, playing away. And down here in the corner on the cajon is Jason Tompkins, which, man, I am so glad to have the Tompkins back. Uh, oh. Man, what a blessing. But they're there. Um, you can see right here with the, the little uh, blanket over her, um, not to be too graphic, but a down one on the couch there. Um, I'm pretty sure, although that's just the top of their head, but judging by the kids and all the everything else, I'm pretty sure that's our own Jenna Bertels, um, who has um, finally stopped nursing children and is running triathlons now. And then down here, you can see uh, in the corner down here, this is our, uh, prior to her worship stardom, is Adelie, reading notes back there. Little Adelie with a different hairdo and a different everything going on. And her mom and stuff. We just got a whole just group of people. There's Heidi over in the far right corner uh, who's been serving ever since we got here. But down here in the bottom, bottom corner with the coffee is actually Alicia over here. Uh, you wouldn't notice because her hair is uh, purple now, her natural color. Uh, and, um, but it's just a whole group of people. The Browns are there. Uh, they're no longer here at the church with us, but they're uh, still loving God and serving people and, and doing great things. Uh, but just a lot of people that did that. But that's where we started. What's that? No, no, that's, I think, Silas. Yeah, yeah, they were Zooming in from, we had people Zooming, we had people, that, but it was just a very small group. And then here's what God's doing. And so um, go to the next one is, uh, we will move from there to this furniture store. Um, it's really hard to preach to people in recliners and sofas. Um, they start falling asleep before worship's even out. They're just like, let's lay back. And then, you know, you, as a good marketer, you hype that up online by saying, uh, all of our people are falling out at church. They're falling, you know, God, they're just going to sleep. Just boom, the spirit's moving. Um, no, actually, that's just a lazy boy recliner. And they're out. But uh, that was us at the furniture store, which was pretty awesome uh, time that we had for a little while. And then we went to the school, went back to school, a place I was so glad to get out of. 
Um, and then there we were at school until the school kicked us out. And they booted us out because of COVID. And they're like, you can't be here. And there's Matt and his converse again. Um, so true. What's going on? Um, that's not possible because that's long sleeve. They just all look somewhat the same. But I do have the same hairdo. I've stuck with my hairstyle, unlike Matt, who's got so many changes. Um, then we went from there after the school kicked us out. We went on Zoom, which I don't have a picture of, but we were on Zoom for uh, 16 weeks as a new church plant. And then after that, we wound up at the hotel, uh, which was a huge improvement in flooring. Uh, just fantastic. Yeah, it's just amazing. And so we were there for a little while, and this was during COVID, and things were just chaos, and then now we're here. And so it's just been this journey. Uh, yeah, it's, it's what God's been doing. So the thing is, God has been moving. You know, these are pictures of just us gathering, but honestly, this is such a, a, a tiny, tiny part. I mean, a very tiny part of what God's doing. Uh, the real thing that God's doing is in people's lives. It's in what's happening at home. It's what's happening between family members, what's happening in addiction and recovery. It's what's happening in single uh, parents uh, finding help and support and finding Jesus. It's in uh, people having miraculous provision that God's doing. People, it's just so many other areas that the Sunday service really isn't Believe me, we want you to be here, but it's just, it's just such a tiny part of what God's doing. Um, this next slide has a QR code on it, um, and it's the only way I could even think of like trying to wrap our head around this. Um, if you want to scan that, it, honestly, it just takes you to the photo page, only the photos, not the whole page, but just the photos on our Facebook page. And if you took like 10 minutes and just scrolled those things... And you just scroll them, you would be like mind blown on the things that God's doing. Everything from, uh, you know, what Pastor Art's doing over here at the kids boxing and the families boxing and people uh, getting restored uh, that way and just God touching lives uh, to the Father's Day for the fatherless event that we had and, and people out there working with kids and families and, and people, the tears and the emotions and the people loving on each other, what God's doing. And then you go to, I mean, you just keep scrolling back. We were, there's pictures in there of us delivering wagons full of toilet paper to seniors at uh, senior centers when they couldn't go out and buy toilet paper and there was no toilet paper to be found because of COVID. I mean, all these things, but it's just been people out ministering and caring for and loving those people around them with no strings attached. Whether or not they ever show up at the beat, whether or not they ever show up at this church, that's not the point. The point is to share God's love with people. If they wind up here, that's fantastic because we love loving people. But that's not the mark of success. The mark of success is did they feel and did they know the love of God in their life? And if we are able to do that, praise God for that. And that's what our goal and that's what our mission is. Uh, so this is a huge party. Who else can come to it? Who else can come? Who else can be a part of what God's doing? And I'm going to read a couple of verses to you out of Luke 14 and Matthew 22. And I just want us to just think, if God has touched your life in any way, being here, if God has moved on your family, if he's moved on your mind and your emotions, if he's moved on your spirit and helped you to grow forward a little bit, we talk about it's not before and after, it's before and during, right? It's, it's, it's this ongoing work. This isn't like, I was like this before Christ, and oh, now I'm like this. I'm amazing. Hopefully there's a, maybe a couple that have experienced that, but that's just not the general way it works. Yeah. 
Even Lazarus, Jesus raised him from the dead, and the Bible says he came out, and behold, he stinketh. And Jesus turns to everybody else and says, hey, you guys clean him up. Like, why not bring him out looking great, looking amazing? The big miracle of bringing him back to life was already done, but why not just bring him back with, like, hair blowing, beautiful smell, perfect clone from heaven. Like, wow, look, he's raised him from the dead. He's better than ever. That's not what happened. He comes out, and he's a mess still. Well, do you know what? That's how people are still brought back to life today. We sang this song about how God brings us out of the grave just a little bit ago. He brings us out of the grave still looking a mess most of the time. Even when we think we're doing great. And people look and go, oh, man, they're a mess. Praise God. We got something to do. Let's clean each other up. Let's work together on it. And so we have been experiencing that. If you've been experiencing that and you got a long ways to go, hey, we all do. We've all got a long ways to go. It's a safe place to have a long ways to go. We want to move forward with God. But let me read these verses because this is about a bigger picture than you or me. Luke 14, this is Jesus talking. He says, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blesses everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said, a man once gave a great banquet and he invited many. And at the time of the banquet, so we're having a banquet today, we're going to have a big feast. And he says, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field and I must go out to see it. Please have me be excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I've got to go examine them. Uh, Please have me be excused. Another said, well, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Okay, first of all, that's a bad excuse because most of the time, as far as I've seen, it's the wife dragging the husband into church. So let's just nix that one for being an excuse. Another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen. Oh, I already read that part. And they cannot come. So a servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house, he became angry. And he said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets. And the lanes of the city. Bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Man, that is us. The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Maybe not at the moment. Oh, no, I'm healed up. Yes. Some of us are healed up. We're better than we started. Praise God for that. But this invitation, that's not a statement to say, well, we are the invited. Let's go out and find the lame, the broken, the blind, and the crippled. Let's go find all the, the really messed up ones and try to bring them in. No, this is... This is us. We were invited. Somebody at some point went out in the highways and the byways and the streets and everything else and came looking for you and for me. And in my case, didn't take no for an answer. Threw me back in the car and said, you're coming with me. Hauled me in drunk to the pastor and said, this guy's freaking wreck. Somebody needs to help them. There's people out there that need someone to come and just say, you're invited. Maybe even to throw them in the back of your seat and say, you're coming with me. To reach out and to pull them in. 
And he says, the master of the house, after he was angry and these things happened, and the servant said, sir, what you've commanded has been done, and still there is room. God's love and his open house is infinitely large. It can continue to fit more and more and more and more people that need Jesus, that need his grace, his love, his forgiveness. So the master said to the servant, then go out in the highways, go out to the hedges. He says, compel people to come in. Because the heart of God is to compel people to come. Not to repel people from coming. Because they're not good enough. They don't measure up. They're not smart enough. They don't have good enough clothes. They don't have a good enough background. They're still struggling in some area of life. We're not called to repel. We're called to compel. And it's God's heart. He's literally already had them all look. And he looks around. And God, think about this. God is already self-sufficient. He doesn't need love because he is love. Water does not need to be wet. It is wet. Dry ground needs to be wet. Hey, put some water on and wet it. If I brought you a bowl of water and said, hey, here's a bowl of water, why don't you wet it for me? You'd be like, what are you talking about? It's wet. Wet it some more. It doesn't get wetter. God's love, it's already full. He is love. He's not inviting. He's not compelling to come because somehow he needs people to come so that he feels better about his party. He has so much love to give, and he has this passion to do it and to use it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but I've ever asked in life. He has such an amount of passion for that that he looks around, and heaven's full. I mean, this isn't an empty place. This is a parable about heaven, but the place is full. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven. And he's still looking around and saying, we got more room. It's like the difference between me and my wife. How many people are coming? Four? Wow, sounds like we're going to be packed. We got a lot more room. I think our living room is full. No, we got more room. People can sit on the steps. We got a, we got a patio table outside there. People could hang out in the garage. People could, okay, let's have more. He's saying compel them to come in. Why? Because I want to love them. I have a, set all this table up for them. I want to care for them. I want to build them up. I want to heal them. I want to comfort them. I was in here praying in this sanctuary one day during the middle of the week. I was praying about bills and budgets and things like that because that's just part of church. And I was praying. I'm like, Lord, help me get some ideas for some more money, some more provisions and things like that. I'm praying about it. And God said, do funerals. And I thought, well, that's kind of a grimy way to make a buck, but let's do it. <laughs> I mean, if you do funerals, that's, I'm not salty. I'm just saying, like, if I'm just trying to figure out a way to make money, let's, let's find some dead. There I am. That's how I felt. But then I thought, well, I'm not above being a little, we just need to pay some bills. Okay, we'll do funerals. Thank you, Lord, for the idea. And you know what? Right away, he said, free. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. I'm going to keep praying, so I just keep praying. Free. He's praying. Free. He's praying. I said, why would we do it for free? I'm trying to ask you for some help. And really clearly, God just said, I 
want to comfort people. Which is in his word. But he would send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would be our comforter. And I just said, okay. And I was just walking right here praying, nobody else in here, and I just said, all right, Lord, we now do, we now do free funerals. I'm not kidding, within like an hour, I got an email. Is your guys' church available for funerals? I'm like, sure is. I emailed back. I said, absolutely. We would love to host you guys. Lady and I said, just back, how much is it? I said, it's free. (laughs) And it comes with me. I'll do the service. Free with the bonus if you want. So she brought her sister. We met, we walked around here. We met over at the chapel. And after we get all done, they stop and they just stand there and say, okay, how much is it really going to cost? And I just said, you know what? The boss said it's free. And he said to tell you that he wants to comfort you and that he loves you. And they just started bawling. And the rest of the story was that it was their dad's funeral who just died of cancer. Literally within an hour or so of his death, his brother, who had access, went into his bank accounts and stripped all of his money out. Completely broke. And they wanted to honor their dad, but they had no money. They had no way of really doing it. And they were just so thankful, not to me, but to God. And they came in, and we had this funeral, and the family celebrated his life and remembered him, and they got to grieve, and they got to heal, and they got to be comforted. Because God, it's not just us. We're not just trying to build a church. We are trying to just live in relationship with God and with each other in a way that honors him. And that's really what a church is anyway. But that's God's heart. He wants to compel people to come in so we can love them, comfort them, build them up, heal them, restore them, Bless them, give them life. He wants to give them from who he is, and that's what his goal is. That was Luke. Here's Matthew. Jesus shares it again at another time. It says, and again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, and he said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a great wedding feast for his son. And he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Hey, tell everybody, it's ready. What does it mean if somebody says, come to the party, and you say, what do I need to bring? And they're like, nothing. It means just come. Like, you don't have to pay. You don't have to buy a ticket. You don't have to bring food. You don't have, just come. You don't have to earn it, buy it, work it. Just come. He said, tell them everything is ready. He's able. Just come in. That's all you got to do. Come in. He's already done everything that needs to be done for us to participate. And he said, my oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered. Everything's ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention. And they went off, one to his farm, another to his business. 
while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. Now the king was angry, and he sent his troops, and he destroyed those murderers, and he burned their cities. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those that were invited were not worthy. What do you mean not worthy? Not being worthy had nothing to do with them earning their way in because it was already prepared, and they were already, thank you, and they were already invited They were already wanted. So when he says unworthy, he's not saying, well, they weren't worthy of coming. They weren't good enough. That's not what he's saying because everyone was invited anyways. So what's he saying? What he's saying is that I invited them to come with no strings attached to be here, but they were unworthy. In other words, they wouldn't accept. Just accept. That's all they had to do was just accept it, but they weren't even willing to just accept my generosity and my goodness. They didn't want relationship. They didn't want to be connected. They didn't want to be with me. Even with everything taken care of and paid, they didn't want nothing. There's many out there today. There may be some in here. Maybe it's you. That God has set the table, offered everything, and said, come in relationship. You're like, I don't want it. I don't judge you for that. I don't know why you don't want it. Maybe you don't want it because you've seen abuse. You've seen problems. You've seen issues. You've seen pastors fail. You've seen family fail. You feel like you've seen God feel, I don't know. Maybe you're just arrogant and proud. I don't know. Could be any reason. But what he's talking about is doing everything to prepare a place, and there's some that will just say, not interested. Not interested. I don't want to be with you. He says, therefore, he says, go to the main roads, and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. All of those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found. Now check this out. Both the bad and the good. He didn't have a litmus test of who could come. Hey, we got an invitation, but let's go off a few checklists. I want to make sure that you're okay first. He just said, come. Does that mean it's okay to always be bad? No. Just means don't worry about it. The one who made the banquet and has everything ready, he's willing for you to come as you are, and he'll help you from there forward. I've talked to people that say, Well, I'm not ready for God yet because I got to get myself right first. I got a few things to clean up. Good luck. You've been trying that for a while. Good luck. You need help. And it's okay to need help. That's what God's about. He's about coming in and helping. Freeing, changing, that's what he did in my life. Bring me out of addiction, bring me out of anger, isolation, social anxiety, all the things that I was stuck in. And he says, so the servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, the bad and the good, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in, he looked at the guests, he saw that there was a man who had no wedding garment, and he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? The way that this worked back then is people would come to the wedding, and when they got there, they came to the place that they were being invited in, then you would have whatever you were wearing was removed. You were put on a garment that said that you were there by invitation. You were there, and everything in the party was now available to you as a part of you were there. And that it came through the honor of the person who invited you. And some people were like, you know what, that's fine, I'll come, but I don't really want your blessing. I don't really want your honor. I don't really want you having authority over my life. I really don't want you, it marked that you helped me get here. I just want to stand on my own two feet, do it myself. I walk into this thing as me, and I'm there. 
And he said, have this guy removed and thrown out. Why? Because everything's provided, and what he wants simply is come in with a spirit of gratitude, knowing who is the one that invited, who's the one that blesses, who's the one that gives, who's the one that restores, and just give him gratitude for who he is and what he does in our lives. And the garment in the Bible is really representative of Christ's death and resurrection is that he died. And the Bible talks about that we're now clothed in his righteousness. That we're saying, you know, what? I couldn't get here on my own. I couldn't earn this on my own. I couldn't make it on my own. I couldn't do this. But God loved me. That he gave his son. He died for me. He rose again to new life and he offers me new life. And now I'm here. And you know what? Because of his grace and mercy and what he's done, I can now be made whole. Restored, changed, I can be a part of this. And to give him the honor and the glory for that and to receive what he's done for us, that's what the garment represents is this that, that humility and that gratitude to accept what God's done for us. And then we can come in. The church is made up of people who he invited in that were not qualified. They weren't worthy. Some of you are, think, some of the people, some of you in this room right now, you're cast-offs from other churches. At other churches, you weren't wanted. Or you didn't feel wanted. You wandered around, and now you're here. Welcome. God wanted you. Who cares if they didn't want you? God wanted you. God cared about you. God loved you. God saved you. Some of you are cast off from the world. The world didn't even want you. You try to hang out in the bars. You try to hang out in the parties. You're hanging, and even those people didn't want you. You hit the bottom of that barrel. Welcome. Welcome to the banquet. Welcome to being here. Some of you, your own families didn't even want you. Some of your own families still don't want you. They don't want you at the family events. They don't want you at the family outings. They don't want you. They just don't want you. Some of them gave you up. You don't even know who your family is. They didn't think it was worth it to be with you. Some of your spouses gave you up. You weren't worth staying married to. You weren't good enough for them. They left with somebody else. Welcome. Some of y'all don't even accept yourselves. You've already given up on yourself. You spend every day rejecting yourself. You spend every day thinking about how you're not worthy, you're not able, you're not capable, you probably aren't wanted, it can't be real, God doesn't really love me. You can't even just accept your own self. You've literally been thrown out by your own emotions and your own mind. It's hard to just wake up every day and just be you. Welcome. You're here for a reason. You're here because God loves you, because God saw you, and because He sent somebody, somehow, some way, on some day to say, Hey, that person's in the bushes over there. Go pull them out and tell them to come to the party. Because He wanted you. And he still wants you, and he still loves you, and he still cares for you. And that's what this church is all about. That's what it's all about. 
It's about finding people far from God who, for whatever reason, are just living in constant rejection and a life separated from him and saying, do you know what? God wants you at his party. And he sent his son to die for you and to take away your sins and to take away your shame and to take away your troubles and to love you and to give you a new heart and a new mind that can begin to come close to him and to know him so he can draw you, so he can draw you towards relationship with him and worry about the rest along the way. Hopefully some of you change and get better. Hopefully I do. Because we'll probably all get along way better when we're all a lot better. But that's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is... Why? Well, because we need it. We need it. Why? Because we're trying to hang out with each other. We're trying to get to know each other. And it's not always an anniversary service. Sometimes... It's just life, and sometimes life gets messy and hard and difficult and challenging, stressful, and we got to know how to love and to care for each other. And God's working that in us and doing that right here at the beat together. We're going to end, but we're going to not end. We're ending, I'm going to end the message. I set a timer so there'd be enough time to do this. Every service until the end of the year, we're taking time to pray. I said sometimes we'll do at the beginning, sometimes in the middle, sometimes at the end. I'm changing it up so you don't know how to skip it. <laughs> Now, I know some of you have social anxiety. That's okay. I had extreme social anxiety. I literally, literally used to hide in my closet when people came to my house. Shut the door behind the clothes, feet sticking out the bottom. Totally would hide. That's an actual, literal thing because of how high my social anxiety was. And so just breathe and know, okay, this is a safe place. People are not judging you. This is a place where God wants us to love and care for each other. And so rather than talk about the vision of where we're going, what I want us to do is we're going to take about five minutes. We're going to break into little groups. Just look for somebody around you. Everybody make sure nobody's left alone. Okay, look around. Find somebody. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray for two things. We're going to pray. One is gratitude. Just thanking God that we get to be here together. That we get to be in this room despite whatever we've gone through in our lives, we get to be here. We get to be over there having food together and celebrating and enjoying life together. And then take a little bit of time to pray for those people who aren't here. Not in judgment. Lord, help all the sinners or a bunch of crazy people that don't go to church. But with a heart of love and openness, God, they're not here. Help us to become inviters. Help us to know how to draw them in. Help us to know how to get over those things. Help us to share the story of your goodness. Help us to be able to connect them to you so they can have what we have. This feeling of love and connection to you, our creator. That that's the goal of having a church. Is to always grow, not for numbers sake, but because God has a huge banquet and he wants everybody there. And I honestly don't care if they're here or if they're down at the church down the road. What I care about is wherever they wind up, that it's a place that loves God and loves people and really lives like they mean it. Amen. Let's break up into groups. Take like five minutes. Uh, Adam.
Shut those doors and lock them. Nobody escapes. No, that's a joke. It's a joke, okay? If you have a super high anxiety and stuff like that and you got to leave, you can't. But I'm just challenging you. Just grow a little. Stretch a little. Connect a little. Everybody in here is about to be over in the food area fighting over food and wondering if the other person washed their hands anyways. You might as well get to know each other and pray. And then when we're done with that, I'll wrap us up with one kind of final prayer. And then we're going to go over and eat some good food. And if you're online, we're just going to be praying for the next few minutes. And then we're going to uh, be heading over for our anniversary celebration food. So I'm going to say goodbye. And you guys can actually drop the live feed now if it's because we're just going to be praying now. But you guys can continue to pray at home. And we love you guys. The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free.